This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 17th, 2021. The Broken Road, Leah, given by disciple member Bill Trench. So, good morning, Connection Church. Um, I, a special welcome for those that are here in the building, but uh, also those that are online. Um, I just, uh, I just, I'm so happy that you're here, and I am humbled to uh, share the message with you today um, as we continue our series on the broken road. We've heard some powerful stories. So far, we've heard the stories of Hagar, um, who, who was asked by Sarah to bear a child for her because God had not allowed her to have children, and Rebecca's story last week of deceit and trickery, but we also see her kindness. And today, we'll hear about Leah's story. But before we get into that, um, I just want to tell you that I wasn't the original speaker for today. Um, Fran Edwards, if you know Fran Edwards, she's on our lead team here at the church. Uh, she has a son that's in ICU, and um, unfortunately, she's not be able to be here, so I'm stepping in. But I do want to thank her for uh, writing such beautiful words for me to uh, look at and to speak to and allow God to speak through it. Um, but before we even start uh, today, I would love to um, say a special prayer for Josh, her son. Um, and for those of you who don't know me, my name is Bill Trench. I just want to let you know that uh, I normally stand over here and play guitar, but uh, once in a while they let me speak. Um, so let's pray. If you guys can just reach your hand out as if you're just touching Josh, that would be awesome. Um, Lord God, you are the great healer, the great physician. You are capable, Lord. You are capable. So bring peace to the Edwards family. Bring peace and healing to Josh. And just allow your Holy Spirit to work through all of this. Make it your glory, your goodness, and your grace that everyone see. We pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone here and everyone online said, amen. So we're going to continue today on the theme of broken roads. Throughout the Old Testament, there are many stories of strong and heroic people um, and I'm not sure where you are on your faith walk. You know, maybe you just got baptized. Maybe it's your first time here in the church or watching online. Um, maybe you've been following Jesus for many, many, many years. But I can tell you that I've always struggled with the Old Testament. Always. The stories can sometimes be hard to swallow, like Jonah. Mm, pun intended. <laughs> I came to peace with my struggles, though. Uh, when I heard Jesus speaking to these stories. I mean, if someone can predict their death and resurrection and then pull it off, and they believe in the Old Testament, they speak to those words, then who am I to question it? But ultimately, my faith is in a man, not a book, and there, are, there is great wisdom in these passages, as you will see. And hopefully, each one of you and us can see ourselves in these stories as well. So let's unpack this story. It's Leah. Leah was Jacob's first wife, but she was not who Jacob truly wanted. This wasn't a secret to Leah and how horrible it must have felt to be the unwanted sister. I was one of three children. I was the youngest, but I at times felt as though my oldest brother was always favored by my father. I can't tell you exactly why I felt that way, but I do know how it felt in my heart. I do know there was a heaviness 
and it just made me try that much harder to gain the blessings of my father. Maybe you can relate. And maybe it's not your family. Maybe it's not a sibling. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's someone from work. But you're trying so hard to gain that blessing or that acceptance. Or maybe you're the favorite. Um, you see, Leah was the daughter of Laban, Jacob's uncle. We know the story of Jacob. He fled after tricking his father and stealing his brother's birthright. Laban and Jacob brokered a deal. Jacob agreed to serve Laban for seven years for Rachel's hand in marriage. Remember, Rachel is the youngest sister. Jacob fell in love with Rachel, who was beautiful with eyes that sparkled. Leah has been described as homely with dull eyes. At the end of the seven years, there was a marriage feast as usual, with usual eating and drinking. And at that feast, Laban deceptively gave Leah, his oldest daughter, instead of Rachel, to Jacob. Let's just say there was a lot of wine involved. You can imagine how angry Jacob was when he found out that he had been with Leah and then told that he could marry Rachel after the wedding week, but had to serve Laban for another seven years. But we're not here to talk about Jacob. Can you imagine what the next seven years looked like for Leah? Imagine how Leah felt knowing that she would only have her husband for one week and then have him snatched away by her younger sister. She knew that she was the unloved wife. Sometimes we all suffer from feeling unloved, don't we? Sometimes we feel as though we're victims of unhappy marriages or unhappy relationships through no fault of our own. Maybe that's how some of you feel right now, whether here or online. That's a dark place to be. But hopefully, Leah has some good wisdom to share with all of us to help us get through these dark times. Even though the road seemed broken for Leah, God was aware of this unfortunate situation. And he had compassion on Leah. And Leah was hopeful that Jacob would eventually fall in love with her. In Genesis, we, are, we read in Genesis 29, When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. But Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Leah gave birth to another son, and she named him Levi. But none of this garnered Jacob's love. But Leah was faithful. Leah may not have been as outwardly attractive as her sister, but what she lacked in beauty, she made up for in loyalty to Jacob as a wife, a good mother to his children, and most importantly, in her faithfulness to God. <clears throat> How relatable is this? I know I can relate. Sometimes I, I don't feel like I match up to my peers, especially at work. That, um, you know, I have to put a mask on or I've got to play this role. Maybe it's not work for you. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in um, church. 
It makes you feel like you don't have what it takes to be a leader. Or, And I know I've sometimes tried to do things my way to please everyone, only to fall flat on my face. It's so easy to forget about putting your faithfulness to God first. But on that broken road, Leah kept that front and center. Oh, how different our lives would be if we could learn how to do that, huh? Hmm. But back to Leah. Son after son, and Jacob's heart didn't change. Imagine the hurt that Leah felt knowing that her younger sister was more desirable and have given birth to four sons with the hopes of this turning things around for her and Jacob and still not be the beneficiary of his love. Leah seems to be give. And he seems to give up hoping that bearing sons will increase Jacob's love for her. But her faith in God's goodness remained intact, even while her hope that her husband will love her appears to slip away. Her faith in God's goodness remained intact, even while her hope that her husband will love her appears to slip away. How often... Do we cling on to something, a relationship, a hope, a dream, and we forget about God? She conceived again, says in Genesis, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. So remember my story? I mentioned how I felt about my brother. We had to reconcile at some point. Well, along Leah's broken road, she had to reckon with her sister. At one point in Leah's story, her son Reuben, now older, found some mandrake plants while harvesting wheat. The mandrake plant was believed to cure infertility. And Rachel, who to this point had not given Jacob any children, asked Leah to give her some of Reuben's mandrakes. After all she did, she's now asking her for help. What do you think Leah did? Leah had some choice words for her sister. In Genesis, it says, During wheat harvest, Reuben went out in the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight and return for your son's mandrakes. Boy, how Rachel had it wrong. Their sibling rivalry continues, and and Leah ends up bearing two more sons and a a daughter to Jacob, and Jacob still is not filled with love for her, and nowhere near the love that he has for Rachel. I remember that Brady Bunch scene where she's like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You guys remember that? You guys old enough to remember that? I could just see Leah doing that. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. So Leah's story... um, It's full of grief, as is our story. It's unclear if she had any say in the matter. And she never seems to gain the affection that she truly wants from Jacob. Yet her life is evident of God's devotion to her. So what are some takeaways about Leah that allowed her to travel this broken road from deep sorrow to eternal joy that we can put to practice in our own lives? 
In crosswalk.com, there's, there's five things that they list. The first is Leah is tender-hearted. Leah's role as a wife is one that tends to her husband, desperately trying to capture his heart. She becomes a mother of seven, tenderly caring for and raising her children to be leaders of the tribes of Israel. And this is important. When Leah didn't win Jacob's heart, look at what God did. The Lord chooses and elevates those whose hearts are pure before him. Leah's heart was tender and created specifically to fulfill the task of Jacob's first wife and many sons. So how does this relate to you and I? God sees your heart and knows your wounds. Pursuing the Lord keeps your heart tender as you face the trials and the grief, no matter what. While others may appear to have everything together on the outside, we know all about those people, don't we? They look great. You need to really focus on the condition of your heart inside and lean into Christ. Number two, Leah was first. Although Jacob overlooked Leah's position in the family, God gave her the position of being the first daughter, the first wife, and the first mother to Jacob's first son. Her marriage began with scandal, but her position in her family gave her honor and respect in the community. A few weeks ago, Carrie and Alan talked about the fact that being unable to bear children held the stigma that you were being punished by God. And even though Aaliyah's marriage was not ideal, God didn't punish her. He used it for his glory as she held an honored first position. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And while Leah may have struggled on that road, she walked with God's purpose. And the same can be said for all of us. God has a calling on our lives and will make all circumstances work for the good. The hard part is remembering this. We forget it all the time. And remembering and knowing that God will do this in his time. Not when I want it. When God says it. Number three, Leah is content. Wow, that's even hard to say in, in spite of this story. Leah is content. How many of us can say we are always content when things aren't going our way? I would say raise your hand, but I don't think there's anybody that's going to raise their hand. Look, it's hard to be content when things aren't going our way. It's really hard. In a selfish world, contentment is not the quality that is popular in our day-to-day -day lives. With the birth of each son, Leah acknowledged the role of the Lord held in her life, and that brought her peace. Although Leah was in a loveless marriage, her son Reuben was evidence to her that the Lord sees. That's what Reuben stands for. Simeon means the Lord hears, and Levi that the Lord might create a bond between her and Jacob. Naming her sons tells the spiritual journey of contentment in the Lord's provision. Jacob did not see hear or attach himself to Leah. 
But the Lord filled the void Jacob created in Leah's life. Let me say that again. The Lord filled the void Jacob created in Leah's life. How often do we fill that void with something else other than the Lord? We medicate. We stay busy. We do everything. And sometimes the last thing we do is turn to, turn to God. The God filled the void. This is evident as she named her fourth son, Judah, meaning praise. Leah was content to praise the Lord for the blessings in her life, even if her husband was not her own. With the birth of her next two sons, Issachar and Zebulun, Leah acknowledges the gifts the Lord has given her. The world that we live in can be cruel. And it can always get us thinking that the grass is greener on the other side, rather than being content with what we have. Let me say that again. This world can get you thinking that the grass is greener on the other side, rather than being content with what we have. I'm going to get real with you. I've been through a lot of heartaches, and I know there's a lot of people here that are hurting right now or have been through heartaches or online, have been through a lot. I had a son that was born with a heart defect, didn't know if he was going to live, been through divorce, been through marriage, been through divorce, been through marriage, been through divorce, been through all of it. And I just lost my best friend not too long ago, my mother. But it's important to focus on the giver. Not what you get, but the giver. Focus on the giver of the blessings. When we do that, we'll find abundance in our relationship with the Lord. Number four, Leah is a matriarch. Even though Jacob didn't love Leah, God did. He blessed her with six sons and a daughter. And one of those sons was Judah who's in the genealogy or the line of King David, King Solomon, and the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Leah is a matriarch of her people and of Christ. She may not have been Jacob's choice, but she was chosen by God to play a role in the birth of the Savior of the world. How awesome is that? She didn't even know she was doing it. If there's a takeaway from today, it's this. Our circumstances cannot determine the level of our joy, consistency of our prayers, and abundance of our thanks. Leah chose to praise and be thankful for God no matter what and his role in her life. This is such a great testament to God's love this story. We have to rejoice and pray and give thanks for who God is, not based on our current circumstances, but based on his unconditional love for us. And lastly, Leah is honored. Even though Leah and Rachel competed for Jacob's attention, Leah is the one who's honored in her death as the first wife of Jacob. 
In Genesis 49, we learn that Leah is buried in a cave with Jacob's parents and grandparents. And at the time of Rachel's death, she was buried... Rachel's death, let's go back to Rachel. At the time of Rachel's death, she was buried on the side of the road leading to Bethlehem. Even though Leah was often forgotten by Jacob, she was laid to rest with women who were not perfect but were worthy of honor because they birthed sons who fulfilled God's promises to Abraham and built a nation to receive God's greatest inheritance, eternal life with Jesus Christ. So many lessons we can learn from Leah's story. The story is about rejection, jealousy, and the desire to pursue love and be loved. These are all emotions we deal with every day, some way, shape, or form. But what God wants us to understand is this. He's more concerned with our hearts than our outer beauty. He doesn't want jealousy to bind, blind us from his blessings. And that he pursues us even if no one else does. Amen. Let me say that again. He pursues us even when no one else does. Leah's journey was tough and that road was long lonely and broken throughout her life. The emptiness of her marriage was filled with the love of her Lord who sees her, hears her, and remembers the ache of her heart. So what about you? Will you allow God to see you in your sorrow, in your grief, to hear you even when you can't say a word? and to care for your aches in your heart? Or will you block God's blessings by focusing on what you don't have? Fill in the blank. I don't have that job. I don't have that wife. I don't have that car. I don't have something. Fill in the blank. What is it that keeps you up at night? What is it that makes you anxious? What is it that you're always trying to fix? My prayer is that today is the day you are reminded of God's plan for your life. And that you're on, that if you're on a broken road, which probably most of us are at some point, if not right now, that there is no promise of it being pain-free. But there is the promise of God's love and his desire for us to have the most amazing love story with him. Let today be the day you guard your heart and surrender it to God. So as I was preparing for this talk, I was thinking about the broken road and how these stories are about people being on broken roads. And I, I finally realized I'm not on a broken road I am the broken road. We all are the broken road. And it's weird because I was driving around Middletown, and if you've been around Middletown in the last several months, you can see there's just nothing but construction going on. Every road, it seems like. And I started thinking about this, this thought of, I'm the broken road, right? 
And when you look at those roads they're working on, what's the first thing they do? They put patches down, right? They have like these patches that are in these potholes or whatever that they're, they're trying to fix. And that's us. That's us trying to fix the problems in our lives. It's never smooth, is it? Even though you see those patches, it's never smooth. It's still bumpy. It's still, you just still don't want to go down that road. But then life happens, right? Life happens. And you've got that machine that comes in, and it crunches everything down on the road, and it takes it down two, three, four inches, and it just churns it all up and gets rid of all that muck that's in your life. And then what do you see appear? You see that beautiful big machine that lays down that smooth asphalt. That's Jesus. Jesus fills in that road. You see, we are the broken road. But with Jesus, we are a smooth road. And we are here to show people that smooth road. That's what we're here for to do. So whether you're on a broken road or whether you believe that you are the broken road, know this, that God loves you and he wants to smooth that out. Let's pray. Lord God, you are so, so good. You take our broken roads and you teach us how to smooth it out. And it's through your son, Jesus. It's through that relationship. It's through that grace and that mercy and that gift that we can feel the smooth road, that we can get through those sorrows and those griefs, that we can make it through another night when we don't think we can make it at all. It's you, Lord. It's your relationship. It's your love that we need every single day. Lord, if there is someone online or someone in this room that needs to just take that relationship to another level today, let it happen, God. Let their hearts open up. Somebody is feeling that nudge. God, somebody wants a relationship. Let me help you, whoever you are. God, you are the love of my life. Please, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Come into my heart, take over my life, and help me live for you. If that is your first time saying that, God bless. Jesus will change your life, and your testimony will be the electricity of the church. It will bring others closer to Jesus. That is powerful. God, I thank you. You are so, so gracious to us. And we give you all the glory today and every day. And we pray this all in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit. And everyone here and everyone online said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. 
connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.